None of this stuff happened on game day, I guarantee you that. Well, game day is certainly a much different animal than this show, but everybody watching on the cock, peacock knows. The cock? Did you call it the cock? Peacock. Peacock, okay. The cock for short? Is that like a nickname for the... the... Well, we didn't... I mean, I don't know if we created it, but it seems like that's what the peacock would be short. You don't have to call it the pee. I didn't know if you meant to do that. I just think it's pretty cool. I'm going to start calling it the cock, too. I need a volunteer to be my first sacrifice. Hello, listener. Coming to you from Slamcouver Island, this is Matt Baskey for episode four of Throwing Couch Potatoes, the show that chronicles my slow descent into madness, attempting to watch as much pro wrestling as possible. This episode covers everything that I watched from January 22nd to 28th, uh, which was about 96 pro wrestling matches. I probably would have seen more if the goddamn Royal Rumble wasn't so long, but we'll get to that later. Let's talk about each and every single one of them, shall we? Okay, so first let's uh, cover some of the uh, shows that I checked out during the last week that had happened previously in time. Uh, so we'll start with World Wonder Ring Stardom, the sixth night of the Triangle Derby. I've been following this tournament pretty closely and enjoying it so far. Uh, the first match, Lollipop versus Queen's Quest. I actually thought this was the most enjoyable lollipop match uh, I've seen in this tournament. Going up against Queen's Quest, obviously they have their work cut out for them, so they really showed up not messing around, really trying to get the win, and that ended up becoming a, a pretty solid, enjoyable match. I gave it a 3.25. Uh, following that, Unique Glare versus Rebel and Enemy. Uh, this one I gave a 2.75. It was still pretty enjoyable, but uh, after the last one, which was kind of a standout six-person tag uh, in this tournament, eh, not quite as good. Uh, H&M's versus Mahime with Lady C was uh, significantly better, though. I gave that also a uh, 3.25. Uh, Lady C especially has been very, very uh, fun to watch in this tournament. Uh been enjoying that team and uh, my use team finally had a, a good showing i feel like they've kind of stumbled a bit for the first couple of shows out of this tournament uh following that prominence versus club venus this is about as tough a test as club venus is gonna get uh this was a pretty enjoyable one i gave it a three but uh you know club venus they're very interesting i i like what they're doing but they seem to be the the square wheel on this car and it's not necessarily a bad thing maybe they just need need some time to work it out but i'm enjoying their matches uh this one was a three uh, and then the main event gold ship versus bari bari bombers i also gave this one a three but i felt like for the main event especially and with the bombers it, it didn't feel super special and i've kind of felt that way about most of their matches so far um, I wasn't really sure how to feel about Julia through the Triangle Derby because I hadn't really seen her wrestle before this. Um, but that was not the kind of impression that I should have been getting because I have seen a Julia match that I will talk about later that has definitely given me a better idea of who she is as a professional wrestler. All in all, this was a really good show. Um, all the Triangle Derby shows have been worth watching and there was some particularly good matches in this one. So that show was from the 15th. On the 19th, Tokyo Joshi Pro had night two of their Max Hart Tag Tournament. I checked out, I think, just the tag uh, matches plus one of the uh, six-woman uh, tag 
that they had going on. So that opened with Yuki Aino, Raku, and Palm Harajuku versus Mio Yamashita, Maki Ito, and Yuki Kamafuku. Uh, obviously, Yamashita and Ito are the two biggest stars in the company, so this match was uh, fairly solid. Yeah, overall, this show was good but not a whole lot to talk about. Um, so I'll just kind of breeze through it. Uh, after that, Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Mizao had a match against Haruna Neko and Kaya Toribami. Uh, I actually found this one pretty enjoyable. Um, Mizao and Toribami were definitely standouts for me. Um, there wasn't as much comedy as some of the other Hyper Mizao matches, but this was still enjoyable, 2.75. Uh, then we had Suzume and Ariso Endo and uh, versus Moka Miyamoto and Yuria Nagano. Uh, that was a 2.5 for me, as was Rika Tatsumi and Miyu Watanabe versus Saki Akai and Yuki Arai. I usually like Saki and Yuki, but this one was just okay. And then going over to the 21st, we have another Triangle Derby show from Stardom. Uh, this one opened up with Ami Surei defending her Future of Stardom Championship against Mai Sakurai. Uh, this was a pretty solid match. I found the two Surei matches that I've seen for the Future of Stardom Championship to be decent, but compared to... Uh, some of the more experienced wrestlers on Stardom, uh, she definitely, you know, her inexperience does show, but that's why this title exists. So this was still a, an enjoyable opener. It was a 2.75 for me. Uh, following that, Queen's Quest uh, took on Maihime and Lady C. Uh, this especially was a good showing for that team, and these two teams definitely came out of the gate looking to impress uh, this was, I think, one of the better tournament matches I've seen so far out of the Derby. I gave it a 3.5. Uh, following that, Rebel and Enemy and Club Venus both had a better showing than they did the previous night. This one got a 3.25 from me. Uh, it was suitably chaotic and wasn't messy and had some, some nice hard-hitting. Uh, and then uh, H&M's took on prominence, two very big teams. This have had the right atmosphere and, and felt big. Um, but it wasn't quite as good as the previous two matches. I gave it a three. I also gave a three to the following match, the uh, Oedo Tai versus New, uh, Neo Stardom Army tournament match. Um, I like Neo Stardom Army, and I like Oedo Tai. Both these teams are great. Uh, this just match just uh, didn't have anything super memorable about it, but uh, still solid six-woman tag. And then your main event, uh, just for something different, Julia versus Hazuki, Hina, Koguma, Natsupoi, Saki, Sayaida, Super Strong Stardom Machine, Tam Nakano, Thekla, and Waki Sukumaka in a ten-woman gauntlet. Um, it's been a long time since I've seen a gauntlet match, and I forgot how much I enjoy them. This one had a time limit on each wrestler, so it was kind of like an exhibition sort of thing, but you would presumably get a shot against Julia's title if you were able to defeat her. Um, I, yeah, I gave this one a 3.75. This really uh, showed off what Julia can do. I can see why she gets so much love on Twitter now, getting to see her wrestle um, as a singles competitor. Uh, she was especially good against Nakano, uh, Thekla had a really good sequence in this one, Natsupoi as well. Um, yeah, really, really enjoyable, I would say. Even if you're not paying attention to the Stardom Derby, maybe check this one out if you can. Then over to America on the 21st uh, in Sonoma, California, I think. 
Uh, Prestige Worldwide put on a much-anticipated show for me, Vendetta. Uh, this one opened with Tyler Bateman versus Davey Richards. I found this one to be a little slow uh, for an opener. Um, it's had some entertaining technical exchanges, but these guys just didn't seem like they were in a super hurry. And I don't know if uh, that really worked for me for an opening bout, but it was a 2.75. Uh, following that, Jordan Cruz versus his mentor, B-Boy. I've seen B-Boy live um, a couple times, I think. And uh, this was uh, actually a really enjoyable outing from him. Uh, it, it was a lot better than I was anticipating. Jordan Cruz had some pretty impressive moves, and these guys had some solid chemistry together that you would expect from uh, somebody who's had a hand in training another wrestler. So this one was a three. Then we had Los Suavedicos, uh, Danny Rose, and Ricky G versus West Coast Wrecking Crew, Royce Isaacs, and Jorel Nelson. Uh, the Wrecking Crew are a uh, pretty big up-and-coming tag team. I hadn't seen them before. This was a pretty solid showing, although I feel like this match maybe went on a little too long. I would have shortened it and put it on the opening bout if it were me, but this was still pretty good. 2.75. Uh, and then we had Jacob Fatu versus Evil Uno of the Dark Order. Uh, this match opened up with uh, a bit of goofy shenanigans, but then got suitably serious as time went on. Uh, Jacob Fatu is pretty impressive, and I can see why WWE wants him so bad. Uh, this was a 2.75 from me. Uh, and then we had Sonico versus from DDT Shunma Katsumata in an Anything Goes match, which basically was a death match. Um, I like Shunma and I like Sonico, but I do not like death matches. Not really my thing. And uh, this one had the gusset plates and all that, and, uh, you know, big buckets of Lego. It had some fun spots, Shunma had some cool dives, and it certainly wasn't bad, but this is not the kind of match that I am particularly uh, predisposed to enjoying, a 2.5. Then we had Robert Martyr versus Kid Bandit. These two are uh, very close friends and wrestled like it. Uh, this was... Um, kind of a more intense story match, and I feel like if I had been following Prestige more closely uh, leading up to this event, I might have been more invested, but this was still solid stuff, and I really do like uh, Bandit, and this was cool seeing Robert Martyr. I don't think I've seen him before. This was a three. And then after that, uh, the other half of Shun Mao, Mao versus Kevin Blackwood. Uh, this I actually enjoyed much more than Katsumata's match. Uh, Mao had some fucking incredible high-flying moves. I, you know, I've seen him wrestle in DDT a couple of times, but he was really pulling out all the stops to turn some heads in America here. Uh, yeah, very, very cool match, and uh, Blackwood was better than I've seen him for most of the other uh that I've uh, viewed of his. This was a 3.25. And then the main event of Vendetta, the match that I had honestly been excited for since they announced it months and months ago, Athena defending her Ring of Honor Women's World Championship against Mio Yamashita. Uh, holy shit. This was something of a dream match for me. Uh, and it certainly did deliver. I definitely feel like I got my money's worth. Um, but I feel like they've left some room open for a rematch here because you could definitely tell that neither one of these wrestlers was going 100% and there's a whole lot more that uh, they could do together. But this was still very enjoyable. Uh, I gave it a 3.5, both fantastic strikers and just solid 
wrestlers. Like this wasn't a brawling match. Uh, Athena was using a lot of heel tactics, and uh, Yamashita was uh, doing a lot of selling for the start of it. So it was not probably what a lot of people expected. But this was still very, very good. Go check it out. I gave it a 3.5. And then on the 21st, we had another episode of New Japan Strong Nemesis. This one also opened with, uh, hey, look at that, West Coast Wrecking Crew. Uh, Isaacs and Nelson up against C4, Cody Chun and Guillermo Rosas. Uh, This is... uh, obviously a hotly contested tag bout between two of the most prestigious uh, indie tag teams in the entirety of the United States and uh, on TV no less pretty cool Uh, this was a 3.25 for me I feel like both teams really were able to showcase their abilities Cody Chun is fucking awesome and I'm very excited to be seeing him wrestling uh, Nick Wayne in February at Defy Year 6 3.25 Following that, we had QT Marshall versus Kenta. Um, Love seeing QT. He's a fucking great wrestler, and he does um, not comedy, but just like really good old school heel work very well. Where you just you love to hate the guy. Uh, Very fun wrestler to watch, and I always love seeing Kenta. This was uh, a three for me. I feel like these guys maybe could have done more, but it was you know for a middle of the show match on strong nemesis yeah good stuff three out of five and your main event for the new japan strong openweight tag team championships holy shit the motor city machine guns chris saban and alex shelley versus rapongi vice rocky romero and trent beretta uh yeah thanks new japan this is awesome and a fucking incredible and worthwhile main event for your tv show that's apparently going to get canceled uh, yeah, this match rules. The machine guns are awesome. Rapunky Vice is awesome. Uh, these teams work fantastic together. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it. Just go out of your way to see this match. It was one of the better tag bouts that I had seen this week and possibly this month. I gave it a 3.75. And then on to the events that actually took place this week. Uh, on the 22nd, Pro Wrestling Noah put on the Great Muda Final Bye Bye. Um, a lot of people are confused. They were thinking that, uh, okay, at Wrestle Kingdom, it was uh, Keiji Muto's last singles match. And then this is the Great Muda's final match in the main event of this show. And then he was done. But no, Keiji Muto has had his last New Japan singles match. And the great Muda has had his final match, but Keiji Muto has not had his final singles match, which is going to happen, I, I presume, against Tetsuya Naito very soon. So really milking this retirement for everything that it's worth. And, you know, they really had uh, a lot behind this show. And hey, it was actually pretty good. I didn't watch the whole thing. I kind of picked through it. Uh, opening with a women's match for the first time in Pro Wrestling Noah history. Hey, how about that? Maya Yukihi and Natsu Sumire. Ooh, butchered that one. Natsu Sumire. Sumire. Ah, Sumire. (sighs) Maya and Natsu against uh, Sayori Ano and Jungle Kiona, uh, who seemed like quite a big deal. Never seen her before. Uh, This was a pretty enjoyable women's tag. Having watched a lot of Joshi this week, it was hard for this match to stand out. But, uh, yeah, it was a a welcome addition to this card, I would say. It was a 3 out of 5. 
Following that, hell yeah. Timothy Thatcher versus Nariaki Mochizuki. Hell yeah. Timothy Thatcher versus Nariaki Mochizuki. Uh, this match, as you would have expected from Tim Thatcher, is a wrestling clinic. Uh, cannot wait to see him wrestle Brian Danielson next week. Very, very excited for that. Uh, Dynamite's going to be a must-see. This was a 3.25. Really showed off what Tim can do. Uh, he fits in Noah so well, and I'm uh, looking forward to seeing him wrestle some more really good wrestlers. Then, in a high-flying six-man tag, we had Amakusa, Ultimo, Dragon, and Ninja Mac, holy shit, against Yohei, KZ, and Dante Leon. Uh, this was obviously, you know, a big uh, high-spot showcase. Ultimo Dragon is like 53 or something crazy like that, and he can still do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Amakusa had a hilarious and pretty fucking awesome uh, Ralph Wiggum dive, I'd like to call it, because he just sort of dove through the ropes and went limp, and, uh, well, not even limp, just rigid as a board, and I don't know, you just gotta see it. Uh, you might have seen the clip on Twitter, it's great. And, uh, hey, Yohei looked better in this match than I've seen him so far this year, so... Good job, man. And, of course, Ninja Mac is just insane. Oh, my God. That, like, if there's a wrestler made for gifing on Twitter, it's Ninja Mac. Dude just does spectacular jaw-dropping stuff. Following that, we had an eight-man tag match. It was Kongo, Keno, Katsuhiko Nakajima, Masakatsu Funaki, and Manabu Soya versus Kaito Kiyomiya, Iho Del Wagner Jr., Takashi Segura, and Satoshi Kojima. Uh, this was also a really solid match. Uh, I really liked uh, Iho Del Wagner Jr. He's a, a, a big hoss luchador, and that's cool. Um, Segura and Kojima are awesome. Kiyomiya's awesome. Keno's awesome. Yeah, this match was pretty good. Um, you definitely felt like they were you know, maybe trying to outdo the main event, as be, has been Keno's uh, lot in life so far in January. But, uh, yeah, this was a 3.25 for me. And then your final bye-bye, the great Muda in his last match, teaming with Sting and Darby Allen. What? Against Hakushi, Akira, and Naomichi Marafuji. Um, really fucking stoked to see Hakushi here, and it's crazy how he looks cooler as an old guy. Um, I also like that they kind of explained a bit of his backstory, which I never really got watching his, like, Bret Hart match or, or his, uh, work in ECW with Hayabusa. Uh, yeah, Hakushi looked great. Unfortunately, he did, uh, fall on his rope walk, but I think it was because he was bleeding so much that he might have accidentally made the ropes slippery and, uh, slip and fall, uh, fell there. Darby Allen looked great. Uh, him in Japan is an interesting idea, and I wonder if it'll ever happen again. And Sting is just awesome. I love his unstoppable, bulletproof, uh, offense. It's great seeing him, and uh, it sounds like they've got the plan all mapped out for his retirement uh, himself pretty soon. So this match was pretty cool, uh, I gotta say. A lot of limited wrestlers in the ring, and the way they booked around it was pretty impressive. It flowed nicely, it was entertaining, and it had some pretty cool and memorable spots. Definitely go out of your way to check out this one. I gave it a 3.5. 
Then over to Dark Elevation, because it was Monday. It opened with uh, Sky Blue versus Zoe Dubois. Uh, like Sky Blue, it was an enjoyable uh, women's throwaway dark match. What can you say? It was 2.75. Then we had The Butcher and the Blade versus Beef Candy, uh, David McCallion and Richie Slade. Uh, the Butcher and the Blade are a very, very entertaining tag team. They they just, like, they get it, you know? Uh, they They feel very old school in that sense, and I like that they've been given 80s-as-fuck promos on Dark. 2.75. Then uh, La Faction and Gobernable, Preston Vance and Rouge versus Papacito Negro and Papacito Blanco. Uh, a couple of masked lucha jobbers for Preston Vance and Rouge to manhandle and rip the masks of 2.5. And then Emi Sakura took on Brooke Havoc. Uh, fuck yeah. I've been really enjoying Emi Sakura's run on Dark lately. She has been a standout performer. She's just so charismatic and so just just fun. You can tell she's having a blast, and she's so good at wrestling that she kind of wrestles circles around everybody and, and has fun doing it. It's great. Uh, gave that match a 3 out of 5. Worth checking out. Then teaming together once again, are the Trustbusters still a thing? Ari Divari and Tony Nese versus Big Fonz and Jordan Cruz. Hey, wasn't Jordan Cruz in the Vendetta show? Yeah. He sure was. And he was pretty impressive in that, so it was neat seeing him again. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a Ari Divari and Tony Nese tag match. I mean, neither guy is terrible, but... What what do you what do you want me to say here? Two point five. Then in a six man tag bout, Dark Order, uh, consisting of Evil Uno, John Silver, and Alex Reynolds versus the Wingmen, Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth, along with Serpentico, who's just kind of popping in wherever these days. Uh, this was a, a fun uh, three on three bout, but you know. Usually the the dark main events are a little spicier than this one, so it left me wanting, but still pretty good. I gave it a 3 out of 5. Moving on for Raw is Triple X. Don't Google that, because it's porn. Um, You probably heard plenty of discourse about this show, so I'm going to try to keep this brief. It opened with The Usos, Jimmy and Jay Uso, and later Sami Zayn. Versus the Judgment Day, Damien Priest and Dominic Mysterio. I is is Finn like injured or something? Like why are we getting so many Dominic matches? I feel like they're just trolling us. Like we Morbiused Dominic Mysterio by laughing at his whole going to prison gimmick, and now they're like, oh, the people want Dominic. No, fuck off. He's bad. This match was a three. Um, it would have been lower, but it actually picked up quite a bit once Sami Zayn got in the ring because he, you know, he kind of got to do some uh, big, exciting spots after coming in and making the save when uh, I think Jey Uso was unable to compete. Um, yeah, Sami Zayn saved this match. It became a three out of five when it probably would have been a two point five to two point seven five. After that, we had Seth Rollins and the Street Profits, Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins versus Imperium, Gunther Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci, algebraic. Uh, Montez Ford has been probably like one of the highlights of a lot of the WWE shows I've watched lately. He's fantastic, but it's mostly because they don't let 
a lot of wrestlers be fantastic, but uh, yeah, his high flying is very notable. And uh, Seth is always a good hand, so a really good team to take on Imperium. And this was a, a rather enjoyable match. Um, I kind of skipped through the whole segment beforehand, but it was kind of funny that uh, Triple H like stares down Gunther, and then he's like, you know what, actually, no, I don't feel like I could fight you. Uh, fair enough, dude. 3.25 out of 5. Pretty good match. Wasn't expecting to see a match of this caliber on this show. I was I was dreading it. Um, I gotta talk real quick. It's not a real rating, and it's not gonna be in my sheets, but uh, WWE, you get a 0 out of 5 for the Becky Lynch Bailey Cage match. Um, I know there's a lot of people saying like, oh, there's so many good reasons why they cancel it. You have blah, 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 blah. I don't give a shit. It's a three-hour show. You advertised a cage match for weeks, and then you didn't deliver. Fuck y'all. Like, why did they not just do it on the Rumble? Like, Becky and Bailey can do double duty? I don't know. I don't want to talk about it too long, but just fuck you guys for not doing this. If it had been like Bobby Lashley and Seth Rollins or whoever, if it were two men in this match, I think you would have seen a different outcome. Pretty disappointing, as was the only actual women's match on this show, Bianca Belair versus Sonya Deville. Oh, I've been seeing a lot of Sonya Deville lately, and uh, yeah, she just doesn't have what it takes to get a good match out of a unique and dynamic performer like Bianca Belair. Uh, she's good, but she needs, you know, a solid opponent to really shine. Uh, and this was just a 2 out of 5 for me. Almost on the verge of boring. And then your main event, Austin Theory versus Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship. And hey, apparently it's no disqualification. Uh, what a surprise. The Austin Theory match was not memorable. I like Bobby Lashley, but yeah, not a whole lot going on here. It was a 2.25. Uh, Raw is 30 was okay in some spots. It had some alright moments, but overall, everything that it stands for and everything it set out to achieve just feels pointless and overdone. I don't understand what WWE is building their roster into things look pretty bleak from where i'm sitting but maybe i'm just a pessimist hey look it's aew and they're putting on another dark and hey look at that it opens with dr Britt baker dmd versus billy starks uh, billy's been getting a lot of dark matches lately i think she might be on an aew uh, futures contract a la nick wayne um and she's getting better all the time this match made a little bit of buzz on the internet because uh dr Britt got her face smashed and uh bled as she is wont to do and uh yeah billy looked really good in this match it was a three out of five a solid opener then we have another dark order match uh against this time vari morales balianaki and marcus cross um, Balianaki is really cool. I love Best Bros. I uh, hope to see them somehow get a match in AEW. It's weird. They don't do a whole lot of mixed tags, so we'll see how that happens. Uh, this was an okay match. Uh, not as enjoyable as the previous Dark Order match. It was just alright. 2.5. 
Uh, following that, Serpentico took on, hey, it's Tony Deppen, indie darling. Uh, this was an all right, fun match, as Serpentico matches often are. Love seeing this guy just get his ass beat. Serpentico's a lot of fun, and Tony Deppen's a lot of fun, too. 2.75. It was uh, enjoyable. After that, Cesar Bononi versus Matt Seidel. Uh, this was a weird one. It didn't really click. I feel like it flowed weird, and I barely remember anything happening in it. It was a 2.25. Uh, definitely seen better from Seidel. Uh, and then we have a rare dark match where both competitors are people I don't recognize. Uh, Brittany J versus Harley Cameron. Uh, yeah, this one felt uh, pretty unmemorable, possibly for that reason. I'm not sure what I was supposed to latch on to in this match, but it wasn't terrible. 2.25. Casey Lennox versus Madison Rain, on the other hand, was uh, unfortunately slightly worse. Um, I find Madison Rain is kind of stiff, and not in a wrestling sense that she hits people too hard, but just she her mannerisms and the way she moves is very rigid, and I feel like she just looks uncomfortable in a wrestling ring. I don't know. Maybe your mileage may vary with her, but this was a 2 out of 5 for me. And then Bronson, uh, formerly Bear Bronson, now he's just Bronson, uh, taking on Action Andretti. I am almost getting Action Andretti fatigue. Um, I-, I liked his match against Jericho. It's cool that you have a, a newcomer beat a-, a world champion and all that, yada, yada, yada. But uh, now we're getting and- Andretti promos and stuff, and... Um, yeah, I, I, I might be one of those guys who thinks it's a little too much. Uh, this was a 2.75. It had some enjoyable moments, but it was too long. And then your main event, Anthony Henry versus Mascara Dorada. Uh, this was a pretty cool bout. Both guys are really cool. Um, and this was a really cool bout. Both guys are very talented wrestlers that have very different styles. And I feel like Anthony Henry is one of the guys who could step in there with almost anybody and, and have a really good showing. Uh, so yeah, solid dark main event. Check it out. Three out of five over to NXT opening with Indy Hartwell versus Tiffany Stratton. Uh, I gotta be honest. My attention was barely maintained in this match. 2.25. After that, Andre Chase took on J.D. McDon't Google Me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, man. I like these Andre Chase matches, but uh, these technical bouts on NXT just don't have the room to breathe. It was a 2.5. Fallon Henley and Kiana James took on Ivy Nile and Tatum Paxley. I thought Ivy Nile looked pretty impressive. I guess she's with the, the Creed brothers, so, you know, that makes sense. She might be one of the the standout women's wrestlers on the NXT roster right now, but that's a 2.25 for me. And then Drew Gulak and Hank Walker took on the aforementioned Creed Brothers. Um, I I don't know how I feel about Hank Walker. I hate that he's just a guy in jeans, like he's someone's dad, but he's a wrestler. But he's not a bad wrestler. I don't know. This one is uh, a mixed bag, but the Creed Brothers are very explosive and entertaining. Uh, it was hard to hate this match, so uh, yeah, 3.25. And Gulak's, uh, you know, incredible. Uh, another 2.25 following for uh, Electra Lopez versus Wendy Chu. Um, I like Wendy's character, but yeah, she just doesn't get it done for me in the ring. 
And then your main event for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Alba Fire and Saul Ruka. Uh, originally, this was supposed to be a handicap match two-on-one, and then Saul Ruka came out to uh, join Alba Fire. I kind of wish NXT hadn't chickened out and just done that. That would have been, I don't know, kind of cool maybe. Uh, this wasn't terrible, but not great for a main event. Uh, 2.75 for me. A lot of women's matches on NXT, and there aren't really any on the main event, or uh, main roster, rather, but uh, none of them are really sticking out, and it's unfortunate. This used to be where women's wrestling was its hottest. A bummer. But don't worry about that. Light the fuse. Drink the boom. It's dynamite. Uh, we open with Le Sex Gods, Chris Jericho, and Sammy Guevara versus Ricky Starks and Action Andretti. Uh, this one... Again, like I'm feeling with a lot of Andretti matches, maybe just uh, went on a little too long, and uh, Andretti was getting like the majority of the limelight over Ricky Starks. Weird match, 2.75. Not sure how I feel about it, really. After that, for the TNT Championship, it's Darby Allen versus Buddy Matthews of the House of Black. Um, I was actually really psyched for this match. I love Buddy, and uh, Darby has been on an incredible streak lately with these TNT Championship Open Challenges. Uh, but this one was, you know, I, I wasn't disappointed, but I feel like it could have been better. It was still really good. 3.25, but not quite on the level of what Darby's been doing lately. Uh, after that, Jungle Hook, Jungle Boy, and Hook took on Ethan Page and Matt Hardy. Um, unfortunately, I've been really enjoying Ethan Page lately, but this match kind of sucked. Um, just regular sucked, though, not, like, actually bad. Uh, just unmemorable. 2.5, possibly Hook's worst match. That's unfortunate. Then we had, wow, uh, another strange one that, uh, left me feeling odd afterwards brian danielson versus brian cage you know i've said before that brian danielson could wrestle a broom to a three-star match at least and uh that's what i gave brian danielson versus brian cage so what does that tell you about brian cage um yeah i don't know i thought the story of this match was supposed to be that cage was trying to break danielson's arm and i feel like they didn't do enough with that um it was still fine though danielson's untouchable uh this was a three out of five very much looking forward to him wrestling Tim Thatcher. That is the kind of match I want to see. Thank you very much. Then we had what was originally a triple threat featuring Britt Baker, but uh, she got Billy Starks, so uh, she's out. Uh, this one was Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho. Ah, yeah, again, I, I wanted to like this one, but it was just a 2.5 for me. Uh, it had a few moments that were kind of awkward, and uh, the crowd didn't... Uh, didn't really, you know, catch on fire for this one. Uh, unfortunate, because this should have been better. 2.5. And then your main event, uh, Mark Briscoe versus Jay Lethal. Uh, wow. The intense bravery and uh, guts that it took for Mark Briscoe to do this match. Uh, just, I think, two weeks removed from his brother passing away uh, on his birthday. Uh, holy shit, what can you say other than you kind of have to see this match if you ever cared about uh, the Briscoes or the type of wrestling that they do because, you know, 
I don't want to talk about it too much. People have said more than I could ever say about Jay Lethal, and it's not like anyone's listening to this show. But this was uh, an incredible match. I gave it a 3.5. That match rating is kind of relating to the in-ring, but its importance is is much larger than that. Uh, I would say it's a somewhat difficult match to watch. These are two men who are in mourning uh, for somebody they were very close to, but... um, it's it's well worth checking out. I don't like seeing matches that remind me of Bret Hart versus Chris Benoit in their uh, Owen Hart tribute match, but I gotta say, the parallels between these two uh, bouts is is pretty chilling, especially when you consider like the brother of the fallen wrestler being the one who controlled his emotions, and it's it's his opponent, the friend, who was breaking down um yeah tough to watch but these guys went out there and they fucking did it for jay uh 3.5 and then on to impact wrestling they've been on a hot streak lately feels weird to say that but uh, unfortunately this show did a lot to uh mitigate that it opened with uh on youtube carly bravo versus zicky dice uh i've seen zicky dice before i don't feel like this was particularly uh the match to really show off uh what he can do and i think these guys host a podcast together or a radio show um so this was kind of like a friendly bout but it was a 2.25 following that for the x division championship trey miguel versus 73 year old mike jackson Ah, I mean, I like Mike Jackson. The the idea is fun. And they had some decently fun spots in this match. But for an X-Division championship match from Trey Miguel, you know, I got to be honest in my assessment. And this wasn't, uh, you know, what, am I going to rate it the same that I gave Black Taurus? No, it's a 2.25, but there's nothing wrong with this match. It was fun. Uh, after that, the good hands, John Schuyler and Jason Hotch versus Kushida and Kevin Knight from the New Japan Dojo, uh, New Japan LA Dojo, rather. Uh, this was pretty cool seeing Kushida on Impact again, uh, and he definitely shone in this match, uh, out there reminding you that he's awesome. Uh, but, you know, this was kind of just a, a reason to have Kushida on, not an incredible tag match by any means, 2.75 worth checking out after that for the impact knockouts tag team championship we had the death dolls taya valkyrie and jessica versus giselle shaw and tara who showed up much to the chagrin of giselle shaw kind of similar to uh uh, nxt uh i like giselle i like taya valkyrie tara is is really cool but uh yeah not a whole lot to write home about on this one 2.25 from me Another tag bout followed this. The major players, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers versus Ace Austin and Chris Bay of Bullet Club. Uh, I like Austin and Bay. They work really well as a tag team, and it's really cool having a uh, Bullet Club-aligned team on impact. Um, But, yeah, Cardona and Myers, uh, they just wrestle a style that just doesn't really do it for me. It was all right. 2.5. Aw, hell yeah, it's a Jonathan Gresham squash match. This time against Sheldon Jean. Uh, Yeah, I just love watching this guy wrestle. He's got such a great mind for it, and uh, he's always fascinating to to watch him work. 
uh, 2.75, which I also gave the main event, the Golden Six Shooter Elimination Match, Moose Eddie versus Eddie Edwards versus Rich Swan versus Rhino versus Chris Sabin versus Sammy Callahan. Uh, yeah, this one just kind of went on kind of long, and uh, not a whole lot was happening to really make this feel like it was moving at a, a decent pace for a six-man main event. Uh, yeah, kind of disappointing, but, uh, you know, Chris Sabin is my favorite wrestler in this match, and I don't think he was really able to carry this one himself. 2.75. Kind of a disappointing impact overall, considering how good Hard to Kill was. Their TV shows seemed pretty hit and miss, and there was no Speedball Mike Bailey on this one, so... Bit of an L for Impact. Uh, bit of an L, speaking of, over on Main Event, we have, once again, Bronson Reed and Akira Tozawa running their match back from before. Um, their original match was better, and uh, Tozawa got a lot more offense in this one. I don't know why you would book this match. Two out of five. Pretty dumb. And then your Main Event of Main Event, Nikki Cross versus Dana Brooke. God damn it, I just cannot get away from Dana Brooke. She's everywhere. Two out of five. I like Nikki, but uh, yeah, I feel bad for anyone that I, I do enjoy wrestling Dana Brooke because it's never going to be a good match. She's just a very meh wrestler. Thank God, then, I was able to watch a much better show, the uh, Jay Briscoe Tribute and Celebration of Life put on by Ring of Honor. Uh, considering that this show is thrown together pretty last minute, um, just based on who they had on hand and, and could have for this show in the immediate wake of Jay Briscoe's passing, it was really nice that they could have this, and it was still a good show. Uh, it opened with uh, Wheeler Yuta versus Hagane Shino from Choco Pro for the ROH Pure Championship. Uh, really good stuff. Yuta's fantastic. Shino was able to put on a, uh, a great performance technical wrestling-wise to really keep up with Wheeler. Uh, this was a 3.25, really good opener. After that, we had Marina Shafir versus Mighty Myra. Uh, that I like that they said that Shafir specifically requested to be on this show. Um, she's obviously very close to the Briscoes, being married to Roderick Strong, who is very close with Jay and Mark. Um, yeah, I've been really enjoying Marina Shafir squash matches lately. I think she's great at them. Uh, 2.75, I, I think she's got something here, and she keeps getting better all the time for what they're using her for. Marina Shafir is working. Uh, after that, we had QT Marshall versus, hey, it's Eddie Kingston. Uh, this match was a lot of fun. These guys kind of just having a, a, a silly goose match a little bit. Um, but with Eddie's, you know, normal hard hitting, uh, smash mouth style, you get the feeling that, uh, uh, fellow silly goose, Jay Briscoe would have enjoyed this match. I don't know. 3.25. It was fun. Uh, then an ROH Women's Championship Proving Ground match, which I guess is similar to an it's similar to an Eliminator match, but uh, you can also win by just lasting to the end of the time limit. Uh, Athena versus Madison Rain. Yeah, I love Athena. Uh, I like her simultaneous chicken shit heel, but also I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, character. Um, but yeah, Madison Rain, just kind of a a bit of a wooden stiff wrestler and not yeah madison rain yeah uh see my previous comments not uh not my cup of tea but this was a three out of five not bad 
Then we had Juice Robinson versus Brandon Cutler in a bit of a a, a weird one. Uh, Brandon Cutler was kind of over as a babyface in this match. It was weird. I don't know. Worth watching, I guess. 2.5. Not bad, but eh, didn't really do it for me. Then the main event for the ROH World Championship, the two baldest men in existence, Claudio Castagnoli and Christopher Daniels. Uh, Daniels has been putting on some really good matches lately, and they've all been of a consistent, solid quality. Uh, This was a 3.25 from me. You know, both guys probably could have wrestled a better match if they had more time to plan it out, but for something that was... um, not hastily, but but pretty quickly uh, assembled. This was a pretty solid show, and uh, I appreciated everyone, you know, putting on a wrestling show in the immediate aftermath of, of losing a friend. Because, you know, it's probably what he would have wanted. And then more AEW, we have uh, Rampage, which opened with, once again, Wheeler Yuta, uh, this time against Hangman Adam Page. Uh, this match was a belter. Page is great at a... Uh, very high-paced brawling style of match but he can also do the high flying and a bit of grappling too and hey just look at that wheelie yuda's good at all those things as well uh this was a really solid match um i don't want to say wheeler yuda is inexperienced because he certainly isn't but you just get the sense that like oh if they do this again in two years it's going to be so much better because yuda is just growing at a, a fantastic pace as a performer and it's been really cool to watch um he will be a very good asset for for aew in the future 3.75 for this match very good stuff check it out check it out check it out following that we have the best friends chuck taylor trent beretta and dan housen of the new york times against jeff jarrett jay lethal and satnam singh so much jay lethal he's everywhere oh my god uh yeah i don't know this was a it was a match 2.5 i don't even know what to say i'm so tired of jay lethal and the whole jeff jarrett thing has worn off for me and we have powerhouse hobbs taking on tony mudd r.i.p tony mudd i guess 2.5 it was a powerhouse hobbs squash match which is kind of the only thing they're doing with him right now please give hobbs something to do Hey, anyways, to cap off this somewhat hot and cold rampage, we had a pretty scorching hot match. Jamie Hayter defending her AEW Women's World Championship. Well, actually, no, sorry. This wasn't a World Championship match. It was an Eliminator match. Oh, how about that? Against Emi Sakura, basically being rewarded for being so good on Dark lately. Uh, great to see Emi Sakura on TV. Great to see Jamie Hayter wrestling a Joshi. Great to see this match. Oh my god, it was so good. Uh, four out of five for me. Jamie Hayter is proving that she is an elite level talent. And uh, AEW is very fortunate to have picked her up when they did. And allowed her to just organically build up to the point where she is a main event level player. Uh, yeah, four out of five. Great match. Um, Jamie's fantastic and i'm so glad she's champion over to smackdown on the 27th which opened with Rey mysterio versus carrying cross man carrying cross can't even have a good Rey mysterio match what's up with this dude uh 2.5 uh i don't want to talk too much about this one because it makes me mad lacey evans versus jasmine allure uh bad squash match a bad women's match and lacey evans being 
uh, yeah, in pretty poor taste, uh, mocking uh, a fan with Down syndrome, especially after she claimed that uh, autism isn't real. Uh, fuck Lacey Evans. Fuck her. She sucks. She's a terrible wrestler, and it seems like she's a pretty bad person, too. 1.75. One of the worst matches I saw this week. One of the worst matches I've seen this month. Speaking of... <laughs> I mean, that's not fair, because this match wasn't terrible, but it also was not good. Uh, Hit Row, Top Dalla, and Ashanti the Adonis versus Ricochet and Braun Strowman. Man, Ricochet, that's it's so sad that you're stuck with this guy. Uh, yeah, Hit Row, they're, they're not good, especially Top Dalla, and... Man, it doesn't make your show look good when you have an obviously bad wrestler and the commentators constantly shit on him for being bad. 2.25, fuck this match. After that, we have Imperium, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci versus Legado del Fantasma, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde. This was a SmackDown tag team tournament match. Hey, remember that? Uh, this was a 2.5. I feel like I could have expected better from both of these teams, but this match was just sort of okay. It had a couple of standout spots, but a lot of periods where not a whole lot was happening. And your SmackDown main event, Kevin Owens versus Solo Sokoa. Uh, Kevin can squeeze blood from a stone, um, but he was only able to do that in short supply with Solo. Uh, this was a 2.5. Not bad. It's hard to imagine Kevin Owens ever wrestling a bad match, but, uh, yeah. For your main event, this was pretty lackluster. 2.5. Speaking of lackluster, hoi hoi, we're over to NXT Level Up. Why does this show exist? Oh, First match was Dante Chen versus Kale Dixon. I swear I went to, like, middle school with a guy named Kale Dixon. Uh, anyways... Pretty forgettable match. Two out of five. Following that, Danny Palmer versus Lola Vice. Uh, slightly better, but yeah, again, this match was just kind of painful to watch. 2.25. And then your main event of Level Up, of level up Oro Mensa versus Scripts. Um, my main point I want to make here is if you're going to make it very obvious that Scripts is bouncing off of a trampoline to jump into the ring why go through so much trouble to not show the trampoline like we know a human being can't do that like we know that's not possible so just show that he has a trampoline that he bounces on it's fine what am i supposed to believe that he's a goddamn superhero because his character is that he's an asshole and he's stealing everyone's personal information i don't get NXT, and it's very frustrating and annoying. 2.25, don't watch this show. And hey, it's time for the Royal Rumble. How about that? The road to WrestleMania begins. Um, <laughs> opens with uh, the Men's Royal Rumble, as these shows are often wont to do. Uh, not to get it out of the way, but to have a, a hot match that people are actually anticipating, because Rumble undercards have been bad for years. Uh, it's difficult to talk about a Royal Rumble uh, in the format of my show, but I'll say I gave this match a 3 out of 5. It did not have uh, any particularly big surprises that you couldn't at least see coming a little bit. Uh, yeah, not a whole lot of memorable spots or, or sequences... I don't understand people who are saying this was like an all-timer Royal Rumble. It was like, it was 
just a match, you know? Like, it just... I didn't feel like there was even, like, a whole lot of wrestling going on for most of it. It was mostly just people scrapping around for a bit, and then somebody gets dumped out, and, you know, Kofi Kingston's spot didn't work, and uh, Chad Gable and uh, Xavier Woods had a pretty entertaining technical exchange that lasted for, like, five seconds. Uh, and, of course, they had uh, the number one entrant, my main man, Gunther. Uh, he went up against uh, Brock Lesnar. Boy, everyone was really excited to see that, and uh, they just refused to show it. Hard to get excited about uh, the one true draw in the wrestling business facing up against you know an indie darling like Gunther. And uh, just having the cameraman just desperate to show you literally anything else like they're facing off and i'm like hell yeah brock lesnar versus gunther this is fucking awesome and then they start fighting and then they're like oh no look over here it's it's bobby lashley oh he the, the almighty look at look at how big he is and i'm like i want to watch gunther and brock lesnar though aren't they fighting in the ring right now no 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 you want to watch you want to watch bobby over here look he doesn't have, doesn't have any eyebrows I don't understand why am I not supposed to be getting hyped for fucking Gunther and Brock Lesnar in the ring fighting. Why are you showing me anything other than that right now, you bastard? Oh, man, this company. And it gets worse from there because we also had L.A. Knight versus Bray Wyatt in the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Hey, did y'all know that this is Bray Wyatt's return match? Because I sure didn't. Oh, man. Um... The whole build for this match is that nobody knew what a pitch black match is. And the answer is you kind of wish it had stayed that way. Uh, They turned on a big black light and the ropes were glow in the dark. And uh, thankfully, L.A. Knight unwittingly wore a fluorescent uh, ring gear set. So he was able to be spotted. And Bray Wyatt had uh, some invisible ink on his skin that made him look like a monster. Uh, I don't know. I can give, like, partial points for presentation because Bray looked cool, I guess. But this just was embarrassing. Like, hardly anything actually happened in the match. You get the sense that the people in the arena could barely tell what was going on and then uncle howdy shows up for his big spot and just fucking blows it he he misses completely and they show a replay of it like three times and every time they show it you get more and more of a sense of how badly he fucked it up oh this match was a shambles This match was painful, and this match was only enjoyable for watching this company just bang their shins on themselves. Oh, man, 1.5 out of 5. Only watched this match to make fun of it, and thankfully it was fairly brief. Uh, Yeah, bad. Bad, bad, bad. After that, we had for the WWE Raw Women's Championship, Bianca Belair versus Alexa Bliss, a match that we saw on Raw earlier this month. Was this match any better than a Raw Women's title match? No, it wasn't. Was this match any better than the Raw match? No, it wasn't. So what's the fucking point? You don't have Charlotte's world title on the line on this Royal Rumble, so how about you have the Becky lynch Bailey cage match that you fucking didn't have? You, ugh. This match didn't need to be on this card. 
following that, we had the 2023 Women's Royal Rumble match. Nyla Jax coming in at 30, and they can't even get her music right. Oh my god, this company. And she's got t-shirts too, so she's not going anywhere. Fucking great. Awesome. Good stuff. Uh, Kana's back. They're not going to call her that, but she's got her murder clown paint again, so that's that's cool. Just reminding you just how head and shoulders above the rest of the women's roster Asuka truly is. Uh, it's incredible how over she is for a Joshi. She is truly a, a god of pro wrestling, and they are so lucky to have her under contract. Oh, my God. Um, and I'm glad to see that Piper Niven has her name back. But, uh, yeah, not a whole lot to say about this rumble for me. I found myself losing uh, focus on it quite frequently. Rhea had some fun spots, though. 2.5. And I'm glad she won. Although it doesn't make sense that the heroic babyface Cody Rhodes wins from the number 30 spot. And horrible heel Rhea Ripley wins from the number 1 spot. Just switch it. Just fucking switch it. It's not hard. Wrestling's easy. And your main event. Thank God. It's Roman Reigns versus Kevin Owens for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship. They do this every year, don't they, at the Rumble? (sighs) (sighs) Fucking WWE. Oh, my God. Thankfully, Roman Reigns has grown into the main event level performer that they always wanted him to be. And Kevin Owens, you know... Uh, what can you say? The man is just a treasure, and everything he touches turns to at least bronze. And this match turned to, like, platinum. Maybe not gold. I know platinum's better in some cases, but fuck off. Whatever. It was uh, it was a fine main event. Uh, Kevin took some crazy bumps on the stairs, and obviously Sami Zayn did some incredible character work, and there was an, a fantastic post-match segment after this you've probably seen it already nuclear pop when Sami Zayn hits Roman Reigns with a chair uh good stuff I love that this storyline is huge and it's involving two of my absolute favorite wrestlers and uh yeah this match was far and away a good wrestling match on a show that did not have many moments of that uh, yeah, I don't understand people who are saying that this rumble was good. I thought a lot of it was laughably bad, uh, especially Hardy's musical performance. Holy shit. They, they set off pyro during his song, and the people barely reacted. It was just just pathetic. Um, yeah, I, I went into this project really trying to be fair to WWE, because they're not a company that I enjoy, and for the longest time I did not watch their product. But even being fair, I have to throw up my hands and be like, what the hell are you doing? This just seems like a mess. Especially the women's division. It's shameful what they're doing. It's shameful that Triple H has wrestlers like Io Shirai and, and Bailey and, and Dakota Kai. You know, the, That's just a really cool stable that I don't get to see wrestle ever. Like, Shayna Baszler was in the Rumble, and I was like, hey, would have been cool to see Shayna Baszler wrestle this month. No. Fuck you for even asking. This match, or this this show, really uh, nailed home why I don't watch these uh, when I'm not melting my brain 
for the entertainment of no one. Hey, New Japan had a strong nemesis. They're going to cancel this show. Addendum, uh, during the editing of this episode, New Japan tweeted that, yes, they are indeed going to be ending New Japan's strong nemesis as we know it now, and it seems like they're going to be airing a show that will just be uh, selected episodes from their larger New Japan Strong events. So this show that I've been enjoying for the last month is no longer, and they're just going to be kind of parsing out uh, matches that you may have already seen. What a bummer. Oh, well. I've actually been enjoying it, but whatever. Fine. Fuck you. It opened with Kita versus Blake Christian, who I've been really enjoying. Uh, he's a wrestler that I was introduced to uh, through this project. And, uh, yeah, he's becoming one of my favorites. I like Blake Christian a lot. He does very exciting moves, and uh, he can take his time when he needs to. He's not just a spot monkey. Uh, this was a fun match. These guys were both really good strikers, and uh, yeah, a lot of what Christian did especially really popped for me. Uh, 3.25. Then we had Mysterioso versus Mystico. Uh, a fairly solid uh, lucha match that had some pretty cool um, dives and spots of that nature. Uh, of course, it's fun to remember that Mystico is actually Sin Cara. And your main event for the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, Fred Rosser versus Pretty Peter Avalon. Uh, I haven't actually seen Fred Rosser wrestle as Fred Rosser ever. And so it's kind of cool to see how he's ended up as New Japan Strong's golden boy. Um, I gotta say he's improved by leaps and bounds uh, as a wrestler since I've last seen him. And uh, this was a fairly entertaining bout. I liked uh, Peter Avalon. He's got great facial expressions. And he's a very, like, expressive wrestler in his, his body language, which is a very good thing. Uh, this was a 3 out of 5 for me. Another enjoyable, strong nemesis. If this show is indeed uh, disappearing, I'm going to be sad to see it go. And those were all the wrestling matches I watched in the previous week. Uh, I might do a... Um, kind of monthly roundup episode just to kind of talk about the the stats and what matches are worth going back and watching uh for the first time or again if you prefer so i'll probably be releasing that around uh the end of the month but thank you for joining me um i think about four people are listening to this on a regular basis if you're that little dot in belgium uh thanks man whoever you are and uh yeah what else can be said other than smoke weed and watch wrestling? Mm-hmm.